we have to make sure we take additional steps to reassure people and to make sure that our operators are also kept safe. Increased visibility and vigilance on our transit system from uh, police officers, enforcement officers. Two more violent TTC incidents, including an evening rush hour attack and increased calls for action by people and politicians alike. The question's now, when will this stop and how? Good evening. We're juggling two developing stories right now, but we begin with the storm slamming the region tonight and what officials are calling a multi-day event. They are working hard to make sure everyone has the best information to stay safe through it all, and so are we. We have live team coverage of this blast of winter tonight. John Musselman's at Pearson Airport, where travelers have been hampered by delays all day. Weather specialist Lindsay Morrison is tracking where the storm is right now and where it is going. But first to Janice Golding, who's in North York, with details of how the GTA is handling this system right now. Janice. Hi, Nathan. Well, as you can see, the snow is really coming down, and the city says it's expecting upwards of 20 centimeters between today and tomorrow, with more expected on Sunday. So it is all hands on deck. The plows and salters are out. And so are motorists. No, <laughs> I don't like doing this at all. As Toronto faces another major winter storm. Driving is really hard. It's really tough. People are driving too fast and other people are like not putting their lights on, which is like a problem when there's snow. Canadian Tire Service hold, please. Thank you. At the Canadian Tire at Lawrence and Allen, drivers started bringing in their cars before the snow even began to fall. All these tires that are here, they're all going to be for installed today. A steady stream of customers getting winter ready. Today the big thing is tires and people getting their brakes checked. The city says it's all hands on deck, 1,100 pieces of equipment set to tackle roads, bicycle lanes and sidewalks. We're likely going to be hitting close to six to eight rounds of both salting and plowing. So as a result of that, we certainly ask all the residents to please be patient. This is going to take a few days. While the city is asking motorists to keep their cool in this cold weather, commuters taking public transit were running out of patience today. It's very hard uh, to wait the bus. Sometimes the bus is, uh, takes too long. Oh, it's horrible because it's all frozen. While those braving the elements on foot were blasted by blowing snow. It's not fun anymore. It's terrible for now. <laughs> Many, in fact, saying this weather is for the birds. Now, residents can check the PlowTO map online to see where soldiers and plows have been and to plan their travel. And, of course, given just how significant a snowfall we're expecting, the city is hoping that residents can be patient and not call 311 for service requests until 16 hours after the snow ends. Reporting live, I'm Janice Golding. Now back to Michelle. Thank you, Janice. Let's throw it over to our John Musselman now, who's monitoring the situation at Pearson tonight. John, what are you seeing there? Well, Michelle, it's nothing like it was in December, the 23rd, 24th, 25th, those terrible days here at the airport with the, uh, the snow. But there's definitely an impact here. We'll show you some video. First off, people arriving here at Terminal 1 are just battling the weather to get here with blowing snow and strong winds. It's uh, quite a scene when you're in Terminal 1 looking out onto the airfield. Now, we did speak to uh, airport officials. The de-icing is going uh, 24-7 here. They've got uh, a lot of crews out trying to keep their runways clear. Now, as of 2 o'clock this afternoon, there was 185 flight cancellations. We have an updated number now. It's about 209. That includes departures and arrivals at Pearson. So 
talking to a lot of travelers here, or, you know, they're, they're realizing that there are some delays here, a lot of it towards New York, Boston, that area uh, being impacted. Here's what the officials with the GTA had to tell us this afternoon and some travelers we spoke to here at Terminal 1. What we are starting to see is cancellations in other destinations. So the weather we're seeing here is actually already gone through some of the U.S., uh, Chicago, uh, New York. They were already in some ground stop programs, so that has affected flights here. Yeah, right now it's yeah, Dallas-bound. The, the inbound's late, so and the reservation's a bit messed up. We're trying to fix it. Uh, it was supposed to be gone already. <laughs> So now it's going to be, I don't know, 9 o'clock tonight, hopefully. We'll see. Uh, it's a little frustrating, but hopefully we get out tonight. But I can see you sleeping here tonight. <laughs> so there is a lot of red on the board here. Again, if you are traveling tonight or even into tomorrow morning, check with your airline before you come out here to make sure everything is running smoothly. Reporting live inside Terminal 1, I'm John Musselman. I'll send it back to you. All right. Thanks, John. Let's check in with our weather specialist, Lindsay Morrison. Lindsay, what do we need to know about this system right now? Well, what we need to know, Nathan, is the fact that we have rapidly accumulating snow. Not only that, but the winds are starting to intensify at this hour. That's what we really noticed since we've been out here. And the timing of this, quite poor for anybody who's making a journey home from work right now. Let's begin with a look at the satellite and radar imagery. Just to show you what's happening, the scope of this Texas low, you can see uh, widespread snow this hour across southern Ontario. We'll zoom a little bit closer into the GTA, starting to get into what we call a little bit of a dry slot and that's for the West GTA. The snow has maybe stopped for you in Hamilton, Burlington, Oakville and for some parts of downtown Toronto but it is ongoing for Vaughan, Durham and over toward the Peterborough area. We remain under a snowfall warning here in the city of Toronto. It's warning of 15 to 20 centimeters of snow. Let's talk about those winds. I mentioned they're starting to strengthen here uh, around the GTA, gusting to about 50 kilometers per hour. We might experience 60K gusts before the evening is finished, and our temperature is right around freezing. We know that's a bit of a tricky spot. That's technically cold enough for snow and mild enough for us to maybe get a little bit of mixing, especially through these evening hours if the temperature rises ever so slightly. We're not done with this storm. More snow is going to filter in some areas might get a little bit of rain. We'll take you through what's in store for the night tonight and for the day tomorrow coming up in your forecast. Nathan and Michelle, I'll send it back inside to you. All right. Thanks, Lindsay. There's still plenty more information about this storm on our website. We have live ongoing coverage and details of all the school and bus cancellations across the GTA. Just head to ctvnewstoronto.ca. Eight is enough. The Bank of Canada hikes interest rates for the eighth consecutive time and says it will push the pause button for now. What this means for your bottom line, coming up. But turning to tonight's other developing story and a new round of assaults on Toronto's transit system. No less than two today. The most recent, a stabbing a short while ago at Old Mill Station. CTV's Allison Hurst joins us with the details of this evening's incident. Allison. Right, so we are here at the bus loop at Old Mill, just at Old Mill Trail and Bloor. It happened on the bus here behind me just before 4 o'clock this afternoon. Police say that a teenaged boy was stabbed and was taken to hospital with serious but non-life-threatening injuries. Now, they are still looking for a suspect, and there are still police here around. They've got a suspect description, though. It is a suspect is described as a man as a in their 20s, medium build, wearing a blue mask, black jacket with the hood up, last seen running on Bloor Street. So again, police are still looking for that suspect. But this, of course, is the second violent incident we've seen on public transit today. 
Two employees were allegedly chased this morning through the subway station at Young and Dundas by a suspect with a syringe. I have some concerns about this. They ran to a collector booth and were unharmed, and the suspect was arrested. But this is the latest example of escalating violence on public transit in the city, making some riders uneasy. It's just hard because, because I don't want to take the TTC. I got to take the TTC. I have to get to work. Um, I don't really have a choice. Do you watch other passengers? Uh... If anybody looks at all sketchy, I just kind of keep them in uh, sight and that sort of thing. But I'm not too worried. No. Yesterday, a 23-year-old woman was stabbed on a streetcar by someone police say she doesn't know. She suffered life-altering injuries, and the suspect, 43-year-old Leah Valles, is facing charges including attempted murder and aggravated assault. Four 13-year-old boys were charged after an alleged swarming attack on two TTC employees on Monday. And on Saturday, TTC operator Alexandra Stokel was shot multiple times by a BB gun. But if it was real bullets, uh, you would be dead. She believes she was targeted for being a TTC employee. But the number of incidents and the high profile of the incidents really are alarming. TTC CEO Rick Leary says they're taking immediate action. We're making sure that we listen to what our customers say. They want to see uh, security in stations. We're putting more special constables, working with the police and details in the stations, putting supervisors and managers. The Amalgamated Transit Union of Canada is calling for a national task force. Well, what we're seeing today is that our systems are not safe, and we need to ensure that the riding public has safe, reliable, and affordable transit across this city and across this country. The Prime Minister says the federal government is open to talks. We will, of course, continue to work uh, with the province and with the city on uh, making sure that Canadians are safe. Uh, if there's a role uh, for the federal government to step up, we will no doubt step up. Toronto's mayor says there's a connection between the random acts of violence in the city and the mental health crisis. It starts with some increased presence uh, of uh, people that can help to uh, keep things safe and calm on the TTC, for example. Uh, and I put that into the budget, and that's the subject of some controversy. Leary says the TTC, city and police will be meeting on Friday. And Mayor John Tory is calling for a national summit on mental health to tackle the crisis that he says is contributing to some of the violence we're seeing. Reporting live, I'm Allison Hurst. Nathan, back to you. All right, thank you, Allison. Police say the suspects wanted for a shooting a transit worker with a BB gun Saturday may have been involved in a separate similar incident a day before. The first assault was near the Scarborough Town Centre where someone was shot standing outside a Walmart. The TTC worker, meanwhile, is recovering from her attack. Alexandra Steckel was hit at Markham and Progress just as she was about to start her shift. She wants authorities to step up safety on Toronto's transit. Her father, however, wants the crooks found. Yes, he has released a statement which reads in part, I am offering a reward of $5,000 to the person who uses the Crime Stoppers hotline and identifies the person responsible for firing the gun, striking my daughter multiple times, which results in an arrest and conviction. I love my daughter. Someone who knows who this individual is must love to have $5,000 cash. You would not be blamed for constantly looking over your shoulder while riding the rocket. But there are some other steps you can take to keep yourself safe. CTV's Sean Lethong shows us a few. There's an unfortunate reality to riding the TTC these days, being aware to be safe. Be alert, and uh, if you see something, say something. A string of recent attacks on TTC riders may have some feeling uneasy. We hit the subway with Brian Patterson from the Ontario Safety League who says there are many things riders can do to protect themselves. 
The number one thing is to stay aware and alert. This isn't the time to zone out with your uh, uh, silencing headphones on. Be aware of what's happening around you. Patterson says riders can look for several safety features inside the trains, like these emergency handles located near each door, or... If I was having a medical issue or someone, I could push this emergency alert, and it will create a call into the TTC. Getting off the train and onto the platform is a place where many attacks can happen. The uh, yellow strip is a stay-back strip. Though the platform can be crowded at peak times, Patterson says the simplest thing to do is to stay back from the yellow line, which can prevent someone from being pushed. Just stepping back two steps increases your safety by many magnitudes. And he points to the designated waiting area for anyone who may feel vulnerable. There's dual alerts. You can alert for information or you can alert the police while in that area. Along with the alerts, there are multiple cameras covering this exact spot. Look at all of this. Tells me all about the safety and what's being collected. But Patterson says the number one resource on the TTC is the staff who are there to help. Okay, you have a safe shift. All right, have a good one. Eh? And if you are uncomfortable or you have that spidey feeling that you need to tell somebody, step up and talk to the TTC staff you've seen. They will want your assistance. And hope for a safe ride. Sean Lee Thong, CTV News. Toronto police are investigating a deadly crash in Etobicoke. They say a 56-year-old man was crossing the West Way at Wincott Drive when he was struck by a vehicle just before midnight. He later died in hospital. Police are asking anyone with dash cam or security footage to get in touch. In B.C., 66 more possible graves have been identified at a former residential school. High interest areas were determined by WLFN based off survivor testimony, archival and photographic evidence, traditional use interviews, and historical significance. The second phase of a search at the site of the St. Joseph's mission has revealed reflections indicating children's graves. A minimum of 28 died at the school, which is about 500 kilometers north of Vancouver. Investigators say there were crimes committed against children there. It's a clear sign Ottawa and the provinces are getting close to an agreement on health care funding. Justin Trudeau is inviting the premiers for a meeting on February 7th. It'll be an opportunity to share with them our plans to support the health care systems across the country, hear their priorities for investment, and start working together concretely to ensure that we're transparent about how this money is being invested so Canadians can have the confidence that they'll get the high quality health care they deserve for years to come. The premiers want Ottawa to increase its share of health care budgets from around 22 percent to 35 percent. Momentum towards a deal has been building since the provinces and territories indicated they would be willing to be held accountable for delivering improved care in exchange for more funding. The Bank of Canada says the economy will improve, but it's going to take some more time. The central bank raised the benchmark lending rate today to 4.5%, the highest in nearly 15 years. CTV's Kevin Gallagher now on what that means for Canadians. The Bank of Canada hiked interest rates again today, an aggressive attempt to rein in rampant inflation with a more than 4% increase in less than a year. We expect that growth through the next two, three quarters is going to be pretty close to zero. Uh, that's, you know, that is an economy that is stalled. Um, 
it's not going to feel good. Macklem says the economic pain is necessary, adding this strategy is working and future rate hikes are on pause for now. That's a big part of reducing the inflationary pressures and that's a big part of restoring price stability. Inflation has already fallen from an 8.1% high in June to 6.3%. The central bank predicts it will hit 3% this year and return to the 2% target rate by 2024. But this economic shock is grinding small businesses like this baseball bat manufacturer outside Ottawa. Lines of credit are more expensive. Add to that, prices for wood and other materials increased over the past year. I find it very frustrating that, that this is seen as being the easiest method of, of uh, cooling the economy. Uh, it won't just affect our little business here. The rate hike is anticipated to reduce business investment and household spending, as many with variable rate mortgages will have to cut back to make payments. They're not just being hit sort of with that mortgage payment, there's obviously increases in gas prices and grocery prices and so on and so on and so forth, so it's a bit of a snowball effect. Opposition leader Pierre Polyev blames government spending. A half trillion dollars of inflationary Trudeau deficits are bidding up the goods we buy and the interest we pay. We're not going to do things that will further contribute to the Bank of Canada's uh, need to fight inflation. The Bank of Canada says its pause on rate hikes is conditional on multiple economic factors. But the governor made it clear it's far too soon to even talk about when those rates may come down. Kevin Gallagher, CTV News, Ottawa. Just ahead, tools that can help young people overcome mental health challenges and how early intervention can lead to prevention. The conversation continues on Bell Let's Talk Day. After weeks of hesitation, the U.S. and Germany announced today they will send tanks to Ukraine. The Americans are providing 31 M1 Abrams tanks. Berlin is sending an initial company of 14 Leopard 2 tanks and is also approving shipments by other European allies. No timeline was given. Canada has 112 Leopard 2 tanks, but so far there's been no commitment to send any of them. In Washington, a Canadian woman pleaded guilty today to mailing poison to former U.S. President Donald Trump. Pascal Ferrier is expected to be sentenced to nearly 22 years in prison under the terms of a plea deal. The 55-year-old Quebec woman sent a letter to Trump in 2020 containing ricin, but it was intercepted before reaching the White House. She also pleaded guilty to sending similar threatening letters to Texas law enforcement officials. Sentencing is tentatively set for April. Believe it or not, it's been three years since Toronto had its first confirmed case of COVID-19. The city's top doctor says there's a lot to reflect on. It's a little bit of a, you know, um, two kinds of acknowledgement, a recognition of how far we've come, and at the same time, respecting and appreciating that there are those that we've lost over the course of the last three years. Dr. Eileen Davila says it's also important to remember that people are still getting seriously ill with COVID-19. She called on residents to keep up precautions against the virus. A warning about this next story. Some viewers may find it disturbing. It's about a 2020 attack at a cookie factory by a man with two samurai swords. CTV's John Woodward walks us through what happened and the aftermath that led to the attacker's 17-year sentence. 
On a rainy day in March 2020, an employee of a North York cookie manufacturer walks towards the company's headquarters on Jethro Road. As he approaches, it's clear he is armed with samurai swords. In a video obtained by CTV News from Toronto Superior Court, the employee Eden Gidharry is stopped briefly at a gate before apparently using the swords to cut through the lock. An alarm sounds, employees start leaving the building in a hurry. Soon, Gidharry is stalking through the factory floor on his way to meet the plant manager, Stephen Brain. Where, using one of the swords, he slashed Mr. Brain in his arm and leg and cut his laptop in two. When police arrived, Gidharry put the sword down. In a statement to police, Mr. Gidharry said, amongst other things, that he had to kill Mr. Brain due to a spell or curse and that this suggestion had come to him while he was meditating. Court heard in the days before the attack, Gid Harry showed up at the plant manager's office distraught and upset. Subsequent meetings appeared to resolve the problem, but Gid Harry returned. Gid Harry pleaded guilty to aggravated assault, but the judge rejected arguments that Gid Harry was just vandalizing the computer, saying Mr. Brain was on the other side of the computer at the time. It would have been terrifying. Mr. Gid Harry's conduct in attempting to murder Mr. Brain is at the more serious end of the spectrum when the cases provided to the court are considered. Gid Harry refused to answer questions to diagnose a possible mental illness, but apologized in court, saying, It was never my intent to cause the family any grief or harm to Mr. Brain. It was just a bad time for me. For what it's worth, I am sorry for it. The plant manager could not work at the company anymore. The court heard the attack forever changed him. John Woodward, CTV News. Peel police are investigating a shooting last night in Brampton. They say a man walked into a local hospital with a gunshot wound shortly before 8 p.m. He was admitted with life-threatening injuries. So far, police have not indicated where the shooting happened, and there's been no word on any suspects. For the past 13 years, Bell Let's Talk Day has been about opening up conversations about mental health. Today is a day to shine a light on the issue. Poor Canadians have been experiencing high levels of anxiety. One in four. The campaign is about taking action to create positive change for mental health. This year, Bell is highlighting 30 organizations across Canada. The campaign is also about ending the stigma. Three-quarters of Canadians say they would be reluctant or would refuse to disclose a mental illness to an employer or co-worker. And one in four Canadians have been experiencing high levels of anxiety, a 64% increase during the pandemic. Bell Let's Talk Day Chair Mary Deacon says the rising need for mental health services is putting new pressure on frontline organizations. The message we got from the community is we need to be bolder, and we need to focus on change that can take place in all parts of our country, in all different kinds of environments, including with our government, so that people can get the help they need. Bell kicked off the year by committing an additional $10 million to mental health organizations in communities across the country. CTV News Toronto is a division of Bell Media. The province has announced new funding to shore up mental health supports for younger Ontarians. This investment will provide more children, youth and their families timely and convenient access to mental health counselling no matter where they live. Health Minister Sylvia Jones says $4.75 million will help expand the One Stop Talk program. It launched back in November as mental health support service. It will eventually offer help by phone, video, text and chat to all children, youth and their families. The province is also creating eight new youth wellness hubs for a total of 22 across Ontario. 
Sometimes the conversation about mental health doesn't need to be face-to-face. -face. Our health reporter Pauline Chan has a story of success sparked by a series of letters. Emma O'Hare has a pile of letters and notes she made as a child experiencing mental health problems. Thank you, Mommy, for all that you do. I know you try your hardest. And you do. She was just eight when her symptoms began. I was not engaged in... I guess regular things that an eight-year-old should. I couldn't be bothered with playdates, playing outside, like things like trick-or-treating I wanted nothing to do with. She even thought about suicide even though she didn't know what it was. She began seeing a psychologist and then hit a plateau in her treatment, waiting three years before she could get to see a psychiatrist. They weren't too keen on taking on a uh, ten-year-old. Emma says the healthcare system saw her as simply going through the challenges of puberty. But looking back now, she says better access to psychiatric care is needed for young patients like herself. Child psychiatrist Dr. Marshall Korenblum agrees. Absolutely, because as with any problem, uh, early intervention and prevention is crucial. I couldn't figure out why I was crying every day. Um, I knew that that wasn't normal, and I think I just kind of felt like I was trapped in this box and I was screaming and no one could hear me. It's not until she turned 13 that she got the help she needed, medications, cognitive behavioral therapy, and what she says really made a difference for her, dialectical behavioral therapy. Emma has now been off her medications for a year and a half, but she still continues to take daily care of her mental health. She says it was important for her to take all that she had struggled to learn about anxiety, depression, medications and triggers and see if she could apply it in her life without the drugs. It's going well. As she reminisces with her sister, her story is a message of hope for Bellette's Talk Day, that there is treatment and that talking about it, even by writing letters, is a conversation worth having. She has one letter left unopened addressed to herself. It says... Uh, 30-year-old me, open in 2028. And she looks forward to reading it in a few years, knowing how far she's come. Pauline Chan, CTV News. Coming up, the proposed changes to make Cafe Tio permanent aren't entirely appetizing. Why industry advocates say restaurant owners can't stomach more costs and fees. I'm Pat Foran coming up on Consumer Alert. It's been a stressful time to fly lately for many people. Delays, cancellations, and lost luggage have made taking a trip not much fun. And if your flight is canceled, it can often be difficult to get a refund. I love that story. That's just a hit. Well, it is a good night to stay home, hunker down, and off the roads. But if you do have to travel, this is a look at what you can expect through the night tonight. We're continuing to see some snow and some pretty strong winds at this hour. We might get a break from the precipitation, but if we do, we're not expected to be done until early tomorrow morning. Here is tomorrow at a glance, periods of snow ending in the morning. Then it's just a chance of flurries under mostly cloudy skies. We've got some colder air in the long-range forecast, plus several opportunities for more snow as we make our way into the weekend and the early part of next week. Your seven-day forecast is coming up and stay with us. We have another great night of shows for you tonight right here on CTV.
the airline industry has been under pressure lately due to flight delays, cancellations, and all that lost luggage ending up in, in some cases, in the wrong country. If your flight's canceled due to no fault of your own, it should be easy to get a refund. But that's not always the case. Pat Foran explains on Consumer Alert. Pat. Nathan and Michelle, a Toronto woman, was trying to fly to New Zealand for a family reunion, and her tickets had, were booked and ready to go, but she was told her flights had to be cancelled. She was promised a full refund, but only got back a fraction of what she paid. Our family hasn't been together for 25 years. Deborah Churchill and her husband of Toronto bought tickets to go to New Zealand in March for a family gathering. Churchill's father is celebrating his 90th birthday. Some of us live overseas, and so we had planned this for a long time so everybody would be home. Churchill says while searching online, she was able to buy return tickets to New Zealand for just over $3,200. But after she booked the flight, she was later told there were problems with the trip. And I was talking to them when we tried to book, and they were like, oh, now it's all cancelled. And I was like, okay. Churchill purchased the tickets through Booking.com, which also has a partnership with GoToGate. She received an email that said, We regret to inform you that your flight was cancelled due to a change in flight schedule. We will send a refund application to the airline. Churchill says when she tries to get her refund, she keeps getting different answers. I was back to the same stories again. No, you're not getting a refund. Oh, you, you are getting a refund. When a refund did arrive, it was for $705, about 20% of the total ticket price. Churchill doesn't want to miss her father's birthday and feels she deserves all her money back. I'm just hoping that there's some way we can get the money back. CTV News reached out to Booking.com and asked why Churchill wasn't reimbursed for her cancelled tickets. Then a spokesperson said, We are happy to share the customer will be receiving the second half of her refund. Churchill just got back more than $2,500 and has booked new airline tickets to see her family. The money is already back on my MasterCard, so that is absolutely wonderful. Paid in full. Thank goodness for CTV and, and your report, because that I, I just thought I was out of options. And when booking flights, hotels, or rental cars on third-party websites, you may often find cheaper prices, but if you need to change your plans or there are cancellations, it could be more difficult to get your money back. On your side, I'm Pat Foran. If you have a consumer story idea, email us at alert at ctv.ca. Well, we are in the middle of a snow event, the big, the first big one of this year. We've been hearing all kinds of stories from people who are saying they're stuck on the roads for two hours when it should only take 20 minutes. I'm sure rush hour aggravated that, though. For sure. And the worst part is it's still not over, Lindsay. It's not, Nathan and Michelle, and you, you hit the nail on the head. Sometimes storms like this are not so much about the amount of snow. Sometimes it's all about the timing when that snow arrives. And today was the perfect storm as far as an afternoon and evening commute was concerned. I'm happy to see not a whole lot of cars on the road at this hour, but I know there have been plenty of collisions around the GTA. So if you can stay off the roads, it's a good idea to do so. We're in a little bit of a lull right now, relatively speaking, but there is more snow on the 
away. Let's get to it. We'll begin by letting you know that weather is brought to you by Train, the most reliable heating and cooling brand. It's hard to stop a train. This Texas low we've been eyeing for some time now. It continues to bring snow to many different parts of southern Ontario. There remains a widespread snowfall warning. It has just come to an end for parts of southwestern Ontario. So I think through the night tonight, we're going to see some of these uh, warnings gradually drop. Here's a close up look at the satellite and radar. So again, depending on where you're joining us from, you might be getting a little bit of a break from the snow right now, but that is not the case everywhere. And we've got some rain approaching the shoreline of Lake Erie. That's something we'll be watching for the Niagara area and perhaps the West GTA as well as downtown. This low is eventually going to slide its way into Quebec and then Atlantic Canada. Behind it for us, we are looking at some lake effect snow and generally speaking, some colder air. Now, in the GTA, most areas have picked up approximately 10 centimeters of snow. I think we'll see an, uh, maybe another four to five at this point, but uh, it looks as though some of the heaviest stuff is behind us in the Toronto area. Here's our forecast radar. Look at that mixing line. It looks as though it's uh, moving onshore off of Lake Ontario. So downtown, you might get a little bit of rain. That will certainly lower the snowfall totals when you get some of that snow melting. Into tomorrow, yeah, we see the snow taper off in the morning. Lake effect snow going to be a possibility for tomorrow afternoon in some areas. And then here's Friday evening, another burst of snow. This is going to be our next best chance for uh, perhaps some active weather. And then we have more on the way this weekend. We'll get to that in just a second. Tonight's overnight low is going to be around minus two, the wind chill about minus eight. Perhaps you can hear those winds out here. Uh, they're pretty gusty at this hour. And tomorrow at a glance, here's a look at what you can expect in select cities. It's just a chance of flurries. We're not looking at the same kind of measurable snow that we experience today. And temperature wise going forward over the next seven, you are going to notice it being a little bit colder. So not only looking a little more like winter, but feeling like it too. Sunday, periods of snow in the forecast, maybe five centimeters at this point, up to 10 in some areas. Overnight lows through the early part of next week in minus double digit territory, and we're going to struggle to climb above freezing over the next seven days as well. We'll have another look at your weather forecast coming up here, but Nathan, Michelle, I think I'm going to sneak inside where it's a little bit warmer. Do you think that's a good idea? Please do, Lindsay. Yes, there's a good chance this wild weather won't keep Leafs fans from watching their squad rocket up the standings. The Buds are hosting the Rangers tonight, coming off a 5-2 win over the Islanders. The Leafs have won 18 of 25 at Scotiabank. Puck drop is at 7. The program was launched to help bars and restaurants survive during the pandemic, but changes could be coming. Cafe TO allowed businesses to set up patios on sidewalks and curbs, but the city is now considering bringing back fees to take part. CTV's Mike Walker has the story. Manny Penwar opened his Roncesvalles restaurant at the height of the pandemic and says the Cafe TO program that allowed 20 extra seats was a lifeline. Then we got little survived uh, with the Cafe TO. Because we got a lot of customer, a lot of sale from the outside. Panwar wants to bring the curb lane patio back this summer, but may have to pay fees that were previously waived. As the city moves to make Cafe ATO permanent, city staff are proposing restaurants and bars will have to pay a one-time application fee of $865, plus an annual permit fee depending on the size, which could total nearly $1,500 for a sidewalk cafe and more than $3,000 for a curb lane cafe. 
when you're using the public right-of-way for a private purpose, you have to pay a rental fee. We see the value of Cafe Tio. We've taken it upon ourselves to deeply you know, to reduce those fees. City staff also recommending the curb lane patio be built on platforms with railings and be leveled with the sidewalks. It makes it accessible for people who uh, are using mobility devices. The city estimates this could cost nearly $14,000, but half of that cost could be covered by federal government grants. But Panwar says the upfront investments may be too costly. But I don't think so. We're going to be getting $14,000 profit in the four month or six month. I don't think so. Restaurants Canada says the industry has been blindsided and many are not in a position to take on the added costs. The debt is hanging over top of them from the pandemic. They haven't even gotten close to recovering. It's calling on the city to reconsider the proposals. We're going to have to find some, you know, balancing and, and, and fair ground here. But I think this needs to be readdressed. BIA is already hearing concerns from members saying the changes could result in fewer restaurants participating in the program. It's definitely making restaurateurs think about if they're going to participate because it's quite a front-end heavy uh, expense. Restaurants Canada says it will be raising its concerns with the city at a meeting on Friday. The proposals will go before the executive committee at the end of the month. Mike Walker, CTV News. Also tonight, a country music duo put music to their family's mental health struggles. The Reclaws open up about their mother's death and finding solace amid the sadness. Toronto Police marked Bell Let's Talk Day with the opening of a new student wellness room at a North York high school. For someone to be mentally healthy, it's not just what's going on in their mind, it's their whole life, everything that impacts them, and we want to help them with those areas. Police say the space at James Cardinal McQuiggan Catholic High School will offer a welcoming space to foster student well-being. That can mean accessing supports like tutoring or babysitting training to just connecting with other students. It's very important to have a safe place like this where students can come and just talk about what they're going through, their problems. It's really good. There's also programs too, so we could, like activities, we could like be flexible around it. Um, not just struggles, basically, but to help improve as individuals. The Wellness Room was created in collaboration with community officers, students, and IKEA. It's estimated 200 people attempt suicide every day in Canada, and sadly, some succeed. On this Bell Let's Talk Day, we revisit a couple of musicians we spoke to earlier this week. And while it's a happy time for the Reclaws, starting a new headlining tour tomorrow, they're also recognizing a sad anniversary. As CTV's Andrea Case reports, they're honoring their mother in song. Andrea. They certainly are, Nathan and Michelle. Good evening. Florence was fondly known as Ma Walker. Her favorite saying was, get outside and play today. And while she lived with depression, it did not define the 57-year-old. Jenna and Stuart Walker have been making music for over a decade. But when it came to finding a name for their musical act, it was their mother, Florence, who came up with the creative idea to reverse their family name from Walker to Reclaw. The close-knit family of seven suffered an unimaginable loss last March. Posting on their Instagram page after years of living with depression, Heaven gained the funniest, coolest angel ever. This year has been a wild year for us. We're coming up on uh, one year since losing our mom mm -hmm. to mental health, which was shocking and just flipped our whole worlds upside down. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it's always been a part of our lives. 
Um, she'd struggled with it for a long time. And as difficult as it was, they found comfort in their fans' reaction to the song. We always sort of wrote about it, but this one song we wrote uh, with our good friend Callum, who he just kind of understands us so well. Yeah. And it's called People Don't Talk About. And we did not want to put it out. We fought about it. Forever. Ironically, because we didn't want to talk about our situation, even though the song's called People Don't Talk About. And as hard as it was, they found solace in the fans' reaction to it. A lot of people have reached out, being like, this has helped me so much. Thank you. Like, having gone through the experience that we went through, it just, it's mm -hmm. nice to see other people being helped by music. That's why we do what we do. The Brecklaws are heading out on tour with stops in Kitchener tomorrow and Toronto on Friday certainly can't be an easy song to sing. In lieu of flowers, the family started a GoFundMe page with 100% of the proceeds going to help organizations supporting women's mental health initiatives. So far, they've raised $141,000, almost reaching their goal of $150,000. Reporting live, I'm Andrea Case with CTV News. Be well. Is brought to you by Lastman's Bad Boy. Who's better? Nobody. After the break, the ultimate way to spend a school day. Thousands of students converge for a courtside experience, sharing in the ear-piercing excitement and a conversation about mental health. Winter snowfall warning. Tomorrow on CP24 Breakfast. From traffic conditions to school closures, tracking the storm's impact on the GTA. CP24 Breakfast, where Toronto gets its everything every morning. This is going to be most likely the most significant winter event we've had this winter season with respect to snowfall accumulation. Updating our top stories, the GTA is dealing with a significant winter storm which is expected to dump as much as 20 centimeters of snow on some areas. The weather has also impacted air travel with more than 25% of scheduled arrivals and departures cancelled at Pearson Airport. What we're seeing today is that our systems are not safe. And we need to ensure that the riding public has safe, reliable, and affordable transit across this city and across this country. The Amalgamated Transit Union is calling for a national safety task force amid recent violence on the TTC. A 16-year-old boy was seriously injured in a stabbing aboard a TTC bus near Old Mill Station this afternoon. The message we got from the community is we need to be bolder and we need to focus on change that can take place in all parts of our country. It's Bell Let's Talk Day, aimed at raising funds for mental health initiatives across Canada. This year, Bell has committed an additional $10 million to organizations nationwide. CTV News Toronto is a division of Bell Media. On the mark is the Looney lost eight basis points to 74.71 U.S. Oil is up two cents a barrel to 80.15. And the TSX lost nearly 30 points to close at 20,599. The Raptors are in sunny Sacramento tonight to start a tough trip out west. The Kings hit third in their conference. Toronto beat the Knicks on Sunday at home, but are just 6-15 and 15 this season on the road. Tip-off is at 10. And the Raptors 905 came out with a win today against Birmingham, but that was far from the best part of the game. The crowd made up of students thrilled to spend their day courtside as part of the Bell Let's Talk Day game.
CTV's Raheem Ladani took in the action and the insights. There's plenty of excitement to go around as hundreds of GTA students got out of the classroom and had the chance to sit courtside at a Raptors 905 game. But also front and center is the conversation surrounding their own mental health. In school, I think like I can be really stressful with math. More people are being open now and talking to other people about what's happening. For the fifth year, the Raptors 905 are wearing special blue jerseys to reduce the stigma surrounding mental health. Get the players talking about these subjects, that kind of gives it a cool factor where, hey, my favorite hero talks about this. Every student here in the arena received a blue and white Bell Let's Talk to something they can hold on to while they continue the conversation surrounding mental health. But going into high school and being accepted by like other people is more harder than actual like academic. Students say that type of pressure is often magnified because of social media. It's uh, hard because sometimes you get negative stuff on your posts. That's why teachers are trying to create a safe space for students to talk openly about their feelings. I just try to teach them that they can come to me for anything. I'm here and I want to keep them safe. We have a contact room where students at any time can go and uh, if they just need a break, if they need to go for a walk, we actually have uh, teachers who are dedicated to dealing with students' mental health. Students say these initiatives are helpful, but that there's still more work to do. When you're thinking of teachers, you're thinking that if you share their problem, they can go tell on you or someone. So it's just like, it's comfortable, but not like to, a, to an extent. Everyone, though, is working towards creating positive change for mental health. Raheem Ladani, CTV News. Get Toronto's top stories, breaking news alerts, and watch live. Download the CTV News app. All right, Lindsay's back in the building and still a mess out there. Mm -hmm. So how's the system shaping up for overnight and then into tomorrow? Yeah, so I mentioned we were getting a little bit of a lull out there. Uh, my hair is feeling it a little bit right I now. I love it. Thanks <laughs> to the, uh, the wet snow that's falling. A uh, little bit of a break in the heavy precipitation at this hour, but we'll take a look at the satellite and radar and you'll see that that dry slot is starting to fill in once again. So yes, we're not completely done with the snow and we're starting to see a changeover to some rain, ice pellets or mixed precipitation in the Niagara area. The, this is a beast of a system. We've been uh, showing you that widened out look at the storm and that should give you an idea of, well, the fact that we're dealing with this for several more hours. Snowfall warning has come to an end for areas like Windsor and Chatham-Kent. It remains in place elsewhere and an additional five centimeters is expected, maybe an additional 10 in some areas at this point too. Not only that, I just want to show you this in the long range forecast, we see some definite signs of colder air filtering in. So for those who have been missing winter, you're getting it today in the form of snow. You're going to get it in the long range in the form of some colder temperatures. A heads up for Friday night for a little more snow and another round as we make our way into the day on Sunday. Nathan and Michelle. Thank you, Lindsay. Appreciate it. And that's it for us. Be sure to join Omar Sachadina tonight at 11 for CTV National News, followed by Zoraida Allman with our next local newscast at 1130. In the meantime, our coverage continues anytime on CP24 and online at ctvnewstoronto.ca. For Lindsay Morrison, who hopefully is warm now, and all of us here at CTV News, thank you for watching and have a great night.